Hello everyone, welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. I am here, I'm so happy to say this to you. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, that's my way of saying hello to a few people out there. They know exactly what that sound is. I'm here with our dear mate, Rick. How are you doing, mate? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm uh, good to be kind of back. Uh, I did go f on hiatus for personal reasons, and for personal reasons, I am back. The, this is not an improvement on my situation. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. I'm just going to say that I do have um, uh, a lot of the factors that were inspiring my hiatus are no longer in play at the moment, and we'll just leave it at that. It's good to be back. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you back. First of all, when you spin that thing, you sound like a you sound like an apparition. You sound like when Michael Myers like shows up in the scene. It's really unsettling. But it's, uh, yeah, it's um what I do to fidget now. This is a dice ring. It's something which I it's the one thing that I bought for myself at PAX because I just got back from PAX. Well, not just got back. That was like a week ago. Uh, and it was uh, it was a great trip. Yeah, I got to work with and uh, chat with the Coles, uh, Laurie and Corey Cole. Uh, it was a great time. It was awesome. PAX was exactly what I expected out of PAX. It's not really my thing. I'm not really a big convention kind of guy, but it was an experience. I'm glad I did it at least once so I know I don't really have to do that again in my life. Anyways, you didn't even ask me that, so let's move on. We, uh, we can edit that right on in there, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's the magic of post. <laughs> well, I, I will take the time to say I'm very sorry uh, that I wasn't able to go. I, I was supposed to go up until uh, just a, a very short time beforehand. I had to go do something work-related very far away in magical lands. It was nowhere near as cool as, Mac, uh, as PAX, but I, I'm sorry that I had to miss it. I think the ghost of me took my plane ticket that I still had and, and traveled there in it and hopefully had a good time being inappropriate <laughs> with everyone there. But no, it, it sounded like a really cool time. I was really, really bummed to miss it. And it's, now that you're saying you might not ever go again, I might have bloody missed a damn train. Um, I'm not sure if I'll never go again. It just might be a little while before I go again. Um, I mean, I'll, um, I probably won't, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll really go to PAX like officially, but I'm sure I'll, be in Seattle on that weekend eventually one of these years make an unofficial appearance exactly <laughs> I'll just you know security is pretty heavy so I can't make an unofficial appearance at PAX <laughs> that's for sure but um, you know I just mean the, the the one of these years I might one day be in Seattle at around that weekend but I did buy a dice ring um, so it, you're going to probably hear this quite a bit <laughs> I won't even really notice that I'm doing it in fact I'm just going to take it off <laughs> <laughs> You've already proven you can't handle it. Every, you you had ten for the whole episode and you used them all up. <laughs> I I swear, there's a lot of little things I do to fidget, like I crack my knuckles, uh, I do and stuff like that, and I don't even know that I'm doing it until people tell me, oh, "Can you stop doing that?" So, uh, th this is a responsibility that I do not have the power to control. <laughs> <laughs> you saying that made me have to crack my knuckles. Now this whole podcast is us making obnoxious sounds into the microphone. <laughs> Everyone loves that in stereo. <laughs> yes. No, I'm glad you put it away. That sound. I'm telling you, that's the same sound effect teenagers hear right before they die in a lake. It's just got that classic horror sound. <laughs> it's very off-putting, mate. So, 
What are we talking about today, Paul? <laughs> uh, we are. Bl- I'm, we're bloody. We're talking about all the things today, mate, uh, including all that past stuff that we just done. That was good. And uh, now we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about games. Here, here's the title of the segment. Ready? It's called "Why Weren't They More Popular?" Why weren't you more popular? Bloody! What we're about to say, the games. <laughs> 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 so so the idea here and this this was this was my idea which means it's probably not gonna be a good episode entirely because i don't seem to have the most golden ones but but that's a great thing to say to listeners too just tune away now i'm sitting in a box on the floor with a blanket over my head just so you all know that all right i'm literally on the floor like in a little childhood fort and and recording this just so there's no echo to my voice and our good mate rick he has compiled a, a, a staggering amount of notes on the back of a Mike and Ike wrapper. And Correction, on the inside of a Mike and Ike box. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I will point out that you are you do have a slight echo in your voice. It's not nearly as bad as it was before. It's fine. I'm sure nobody noticed until I mentioned it just now. So thank, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but uh, for, for some reason, Paul decided that it would be a good idea to relocate his recording space into a wide open empty room and if you know how recording works which i thought you did since that's kind of your job (laughs) (laughs) i got him nice (laughs) you generally uh try to be in more uh closed in and padded areas which um you were not so now uh i i recommend it because this is how i used to have to do some of the podcast recordings back in the early days I'd have to record entirely from underneath a blanket. <laughs> so I uh, passed that knowledge on to you. And uh, good good on you. I, I was worried that people might not know the dedication that you put into this. Uh, and now they know that you are uh, very miserable and uncomfortable <laughs> for them. I've literally got a steel pole in uh, under my ass. I'm, I'm sitting on a picnic <laughs> table on its side with a blanket over it. But this is about games, not my bum <laughs> and what's around or in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so is is that what we're supposed to be contemplating? Why it's not more popular? Because I can think of like a bunch of reasons. <laughs> I, okay. I'm going to go shopping. This episode is about why are we not popular? <laughs> The answer is everything that we've said until now. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A. This. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, I'll, I'll try and steer us into. I'm just going to say one last thing. I've, I'm going to shop for some tapestries tomorrow. If, if there's any good online tapestry outlets, please let me know. Because <laughs> I need some bloody rugs on these walls or whatever. But um, all right. So we're, yeah, we're going to talk about games. We're, we're saying, like, why weren't they more popular because part of that's to like bait you the listener into being like oh bloody tell you why it wasn't more popular it's a shit game but but we're also trying to find a way to avoid using the term underrated because that would be like the cliche right now you know here's some underrated games but like the reality is is that just because it's not the most popular of them all doesn't mean it's underrated like there's a lot of of amazing games out there that, that just because it's not like monkey island or whatever doesn't mean it's not it's not known by anybody there kind of are no hidden gems um you know from, from uh, that, that, that is correct and that is a very important distinction to make is uh, at least one of the games that i want to mention on this topic is by no means underrated in the sense that like all 12 of us who played the game really love it <laughs> Right, it's just you know why was it you know why was it just twelve of us? Why wasn't it more people? What, what, 
what the hell? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're trying to find you know just just games that that are that is aren't your King Quests and your and your Monkey Islands and stuff like that, that that just dominated kind of everything and and still do and rightfully for a reason. So these games you know I'm sure are favorites to some of you out there or, or it's certainly not hated by them. But but uh, yeah, we just wanted to bring up some some less talked about games from the era and and figure out if possible why they weren't more popular or just simply state they bloody should have been. All right, mate. So I, I've got two two games to go over. I think you've got the same. Uh, two games, yes. Not the same two games, but I do also have two games. Beautiful. Um, why don't you start us off, mate? Um, I guess I could. Uh, I'll start with a simple one. Uh, not that it's a simple game. It's a sort of uh, I have the least to say about it. Now, those of you who remember when SimCity came out remember how big it was like it was a big game um it it came out very improbably like it, it, there's not very many games that sound more boring on paper than run a city and yet it just took off like it was a, it was a big deal uh i loved it i i, I loved the I, I loved it from the moment i played it it was um i forget how old i was but it was a game that uh I specifically asked for my friends to uh, get me for my birthday and they all chipped in and got it for me. And I was like, best birthday ever. So SimCity was huge and it got everything that it deserved and more. And it was followed up with SimEarth. I believe SimEarth was immediately after SimCity. I think it was, I think it was her, its immediate follow-up. And it was kind of the opposite. It sounded so awesome on paper where it's like you can... Pl- you play God running a planet. Now you're not just running a city, you're running a world. And it wasn't nearly as popular. There was a little bit, it got buzzed. Like people knew about it. Um, but it's not a game that people talk about now. I'm sure everyone tried it a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't find any sales figures for this. So I don't know exactly how well it performed, but it was, the barrier of entry was just a little too high to appeal to the mainstream audience. There's a lot of people like me who really enjoyed the extra complexity, but seriously, this game famously came, especially the PC version. Um, I don't know about the console versions, but it famously came with a really thick uh, manual, which was basically a textbook on this uh, on Gaia theory which is what you needed to know in order to, which you know, which is the principles upon upon which the game mechanics revolved around. So, basically, in order to really get like the full depth and scope of this game, you could pretty much teach like an undergrad class on <laughs> on how to play on like <laughs> the the theories and um, concepts that go into playing this game that you're going to have to use to play the game well. So I, I forget, you know, it's not, it's not the biggest manual ever. I think that goes to Falcon four, but it's like a good 200 page manual of how to play the game. I think that was just a little too complicated for the average person to really get into considering how easy SimCity was. Cause you, it was just so much more, um, it was the right scale. Like, you know, you're going to build a residential block. You know, you can build a commercial block an industrial block, link them with roads, 
police station. You know, you, you know all this stuff. You know the concepts intuitively because you live in these cities. It's very different when you have to elevate yourself to that of God <laughs> and try to play, literally play God <laughs> for a game. There's a lot you got to know. It's, it's not as easy as, you know, infinity snapping anything that you want to happen into existence. There's like sliders and charts and graphs and you, you got to balance stuff like God's job is hard. It, as it turns out, he's not just some guy who can will things. He's got to like, he's got to science this stuff. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the one time I think I saw the, the, the human nervous system laid out. Like, geez, yeah. good God, man. That's. And so, sorry. I, I say he reflexively, I should say God gender neutrally. I, I, uh, if I say he, it's just, it was just a reflex. I'm not implying that God is male or gender assigned, just want to get that out of the way. And I believe that God looks like the guy on the Elmer's glue bottle. <laughs> I, I always have. I don't know why. It's not a blasphemy thing. It's just I feel like that's what it looks like. But anyway. Um, God's job is hard and takes a lot. So if you think that your job is difficult as mayor... <laughs> <laughs> try, try being God. It's uh. That was some really impressive Jewish guilt you just gave everyone. <laughs> if, you, if you think your life's hard, imagine being God. Like, there's no way to back out of that kind of argument. Like, I, all right, I guess. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you have a little bit less accountability, I guess. I mean, people can dislike you, but you can always throw a comet at them. That's an option. <laughs> uh, I just. If things weren't going as I planned, I would just like yeah, hit it with a nuclear strike. Um, that area will just be contaminated with nuclear uh, ra radioactivity. And then I just hit a meteor at it and wipe that area out. And it's done. You're, there. You're, you're, there you go for complaining. I don't get why God doesn't do this more. You're, you're, you're literally not just destroying them, but like generations of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there are land masses that don't exist anymore because of me. It is it is more effective than a passive aggressive comment on social media though so I'll give you that <laughs> I I'm not saying this in any reference to any god that exists currently in any religious texts I'm just saying the kind of god I would be I'd be pretty wrathful god you'd be yeah you'd be on the more Cthulhu side of things I could see that yeah. now this sounds like fun but like I said it, it there's a lot of work and a lot of like number crunching and sliders and stuff like that that goes into it so you can't just jump right in and start doing stuff not the stuff that you want to happen because it is just a very complex game and probably a little too more, too complex to really hit the mainstream um that mainstream popularity that sim city did because think of it like sim city has been released how many times sim city sim city 2000 3000 probably a 4000 yeah there was there a 4000 i think there's about SimCity as many as star wars 4. i would say yeah like there's a sim city 4 sim city I think they just rebooted and just called it Sim City. There's like, there's tons of Sim Cities. They didn't, they didn't go back to Sim Earth. Um, all right, I'll move, I'll move on to mine. I've, I, I, one of my two, like your previous one. This is one I have the, I guess, the least to say on. Whenever I say that, it turns out flip flop. So let's just go with it. Yeah, that just happened to me too. <laughs> so mine, I'm not going to go too on about this because I've mentioned it before in the podcast. Um, but my first one is Sierra's Gold Rush. Because I'm, I'm just angry it's not more popular than it is. <laughs> I don't want to hear any reasoning that otherwise. I, I'm just angry it's not because it, it, I love this game. And it's, um, you know, again, it's, it's not like it's unknown. Um, but it's, it's probably pretty close to the bottom of the barrel for Sierra Adventure games. 
as far as odds that someone's played it mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, I've always known about it. I've always really wanted to play it. It was just not the one that anyone bought and passed around through the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that is the case too, just what this got shared. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this game's really cool. I, I was reading some criticisms about it uh, for note-taking and, and I saw that um, one of the more common wording for the game when it came out, a more common reception of the game was that people felt that the graphics were, were under par. And I thought that's strange because to me, this game stands out graphically, like just just the way I remember it at least. I mean, I have replayed it recently, but I, I yeah, so I guess I stand by it. I think the graphics in this are really cool. It, it's not it's not often you get just like real life, especially outdoor graphics in, in mm-hmm. a lot of just a lot of adventure games or games in general just you know real life isn't usually the most exciting choice to sci-fi or back in time or whatever but but it's just cool to see like the, their take on the outside world so the, the graphics were beautiful like how, how can the graphics not ahead. be the par like it's it's agi like there's not there's, there's a very consistency of uh graphical quality <laughs> in that entire era exactly no that's a, that's a brilliant point because i i even if it's not especially the best or whatever, I, I, you, like you said, I, I can't see why it's any less than any other. They're all about the same. Like it's it's strange because they're, yeah, they're they're not oddly bad or I, I guess I, I did have to overthink it a little bit. I came to the conclusion that the the graphics in the game might be the scenes in the game might be a little over ambitious. Um, for for the time, you know, for how you know boxy and clunky, how large the pixels were. In other words. Um, they they definitely go for it, like like highly detailed outdoor landscapes, ocean in the background, and a boat on it. Like they really go for it. Um, I thought it was fine, but yeah, that was one criticism. I don't know if this next one is a criticism, but it, according to a popular source, uh, <laughs> there. By the way, no one's missing an inside joke. I don't know why I oddly laughed at that. Um, <laughs> uh, according to a source, it's it's ranked the ninety sixth best adventure game of all time. Out of a hundred? That's what I'm thinking, right? That we talked off air about this. It wasn't a lot of games. If you add them all up from the golden era, 83 to 96, probably about a hundred adventure games. But uh, um, I just quickly pulled up on my phone some screenshots. It, it looks better than any AGI game I can think of off the top of my head. Thank you, right? I thought they were exceptional. And that's the whole reason I bring this up because it's like, it's not just like, oh, I slightly disagree. I'm like, no, I think the exact opposite. I thought they were really awesome graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, no, I, that's You can impressive. say it was it was one of the, it wasn't the last, but it was one of the last AGI games. So I don't know, maybe by the time it was reviewed, they'd gotten spoiled by the, the hip new SCI VGA graphics. But um, anyway, like your game, uh, this one also came with a book. Um, in this case, it wasn't really to learn game lore and, and things like that, but it was an actual book. Um, called California Gold, Story of the Rush to Riches by Phyllis and Lou Zauer. What an adorable little old couple. They wrote a novel together about the gold rush, the good old days. I'm assuming they were that old when they wrote it and they were around for it. They probably were. The photos are in sepia, so this is old stuff. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't read the book because it's mostly not fiction, and I'm... I, I don't feel like I need details on the gold rush. Like, if you just uh, give me the gist of the situation, and that's cool. I think it's well fascinating. I just, I don't need to hear about who was president during it and all that. It's fine. Uh, I, yeah. won't, I won't retain it anyway. But about the game, besides it coming with stuff, <laughs> it was really cool. So the, the, the box of the game was awesome. It looked like an old Western yes. poster. 
Absolutely. Love I, I love that box. And on the cover of the box, it says a 3D adventure action some shit game. Which I thought was awesome <laughs> that they, they had the balls to say that was 3D. <laughs> there is a third dimension. It's not it's not th- the 3D as we know it now. It is there is a third uh, dimensional plane in which you can walk. Okay, that's true. That's true. No, anyway, I just I just wonder why it wasn't as popular as as maybe not like King's Quest or something like that. But but uh, it's it's it's. It's obviously lots of people know it, lots of people played it, but that being said, it's still brought up or talked about, you know, almost the least out of the, the Sierra titles. And I just thought, that I found that strange. All right, get off me back about well, it. You know, I just, um, uh, this kind of reminded me that I actually have the big box of the Gold Rush Anniversary, uh, which is a recent uh, release, like t- 2014, apparently it came out. And so I just pulled the box off the shelf and as we're talking about how Gold Rush, the original, has like one of the best big box art cover arts ever, um, the, the uh, Gold Rush anniversary is kind of not that. Um, I don't even know why I have this. I think I just like, um, I, I really just bought this because I was like, hey, that's a big box. I should get a big box. Right, it has right. Some, like, interesting. It comes with a coin. That's why I got it. It comes with a coin. Oh, that's actually it, worth it. No, it's not. It's a it's a really cheap ass looking coin. It's um this yeah this was not a good purchase. <laughs> Especially because my next statement was going to be if you do stop and play the game eventually, please play the EGA one, not not the bloody remake. Because um, <laughs> first of all, before I'm mean about it, which I'm about to be, I will say those developers I, I respect because. I guess it turns out if you like Gold Rush, then you're you're oddly obsessive with it or fanatical about it, like I am, because this company bought the rights to Gold Rush, a German company, Sunlight Games, I believe, Sun Sun some shit games, whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. If if anyone needs convincing to play this game, let me read the uh, the description on the back of the uh, uh, anniversary big box. <clears throat> In 1988, Rush appeared with gold in one of the most comprehensive adventure games of the 1980s. Now the fondly remembered game, Gold Rush, has been developed anew to today's highest standards. No aspect of modern gaming has been overlooked. You can now experience the famous California Gold Rush with high-resolution graphics, speech synthesis a superb soundtrack, and modern user interface features. Optimized game flow will enhance your traveling and interactions with other characters of the period. Jesus, that's a bloody... <laughs> that's, a, that's a bloody mood killer, that is. If, like, if you wanted to play the game, it would talk to you. So Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. I have. This is why... Gold Rush can't have good things. It's like like when a date's going really well, but the guy just <laughs> won't stop talking and he ruins it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's that. what was that weird play on words in the beginning? I don't even Phil, know what it means. Did we miss out on a, a historical inside joke? Like the rush I, that was gold is now the gold. <laughs> ru- the bloody hell are they on about? In 1988, Rush appeared with gold what? in one of the most comprehensive and. It sounds like you start to a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Where rush meets gold, you'll find the. the what was, uh, all right. Oh, 
so yeah that's um i i think that's that we've talked about this before that's that lost in translation because i know them blokes are german i feel like if that's correct i feel yes. like if you put that back in german maybe it's like cute or quippy just as bloody swing and a miss <laughs> Um, um, so actually, I, I think you're onto something there just because I look at the German translation and it clearly is left that first part out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that first part is clearly not in this uh, German translation. Now they right just, up. they just think English speaking people are into corny shit then. <laughs> Keeps that out of the German one. It's not funny. <laughs> All right, so, so the German blokes, I want to say uh, to kudos to them because they, they're oddly into this game like I am. They, they bought the rights, they, they remastered it in the anniversary edition. Don't play that, play the original. Because um, it, it's just the worst kind of, uh, of reboot update. Like, you, you saw it on the box. Like the, for the year it came out in, the 3D graphics looked 10 years old. Like it was, yes, it was, it's, it's really not good. Um, but I, what I do like is that they made a sequel, which was kind of cool. Um, cause I, I kind of wanted this game to have a sequel. So they have a sequel as much as I love the game. I haven't played it. I do own it, but I haven't played it cause it's fucking graphics are just so bad. So I'm not sure if I ever <laughs> will, but, uh, but anyway, good on them for doing it. That being said, this game is a dollar 49 on steam. Go get it, mate. You got that in your bloody pockets right now. The original one. Yeah. Yeah. The original oh. Oh, cool. It's it's weird that it'd be on Steam, but not on GOG. Yeah, it's, it's weird. One of the very few... That whole situation is so strange. Because yeah. uh, uh, my next game is vice versa. Um, but I, I should... Um, you know, you're talking about how the graphics already look 10 years old um, for when it came out in 2014. I personally would agree with you, but they clearly do not. Because they say that... Gold Rush has been developed anew to today's highest standards. Oh, that's generous. No aspect of modern gaming has been overlooked. Well, they have the mothers review the game for them. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is entirely too generous. I I have actually gone full circle now that I've like gone through all this. I'm really happy that I own this big box. <laughs> yeah, it's all worth it for the riddle on the back. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Show all your friends. <laughs> oh bloody hell my, my last thing on gold rush i will say just for the actual gameplay factor to, to try and tempt anyone into playing it the, the coolest part of this game for me is that there's three ways to get to california so you start out in brooklyn you you, you make the choice to to sell basically everything and try and strike it rich out west um and you can either go across the mainlands go around uh devil's horn or cape some shit uh or go through panama some of those may or may not be actually what it is, but <laughs> I, look, I had to take a I had to take a photograph of my computer screen for notes because I'm in this like weird box turtle hole thing on the ground. Yeah, I'm still there, and um, I can't read this one part. <laughs> so anyway, there's three different ways to go, and it's cool because it makes the game so much bigger. And I I I do recognize this as nostalgic because back in the day that was a much bigger deal than it is now to have three. Yeah three options to get somewhere, which is obviously cool for replayability, speaking of being stuck with one game for months at a time. But but yeah. also because it's the part of the game that, that encompasses the journey is is the second act. So out of out of let's say three acts of the game, the whole second one could potentially be a different game if you go a different right. way. You know, it's not just one little cheap trick. It's it's actually a huge part of the game is is you traveling there. Um so it's it's kind of almost like um making a taking the original Oregon trail and, 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 you know, what would you do to that to give it more playability? It's like, fit, you know, 
Uh, well, if we were to believe the 2014 version, or at least the back of the box of the 2014 version, um, the three paths are the Great Plains, uh, the Isthmus, the Isthmus of Panama, or Cape Horn on the tip of South America. And um, further to your point, at least in this version, if you if you survive and arrive at Sutter's Fort, the adventure is still only half over. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. And also, spoiler- many other puzzles remain to be solved before <laughs> you achieve your goals in California. <laughs> we cannot stress how much more work you'll have to do to finish <laughs> this bloody game. You thought the second half would have no puzzles? <laughs> You're wrong. It's got bloody all second the puzzles half? and a goat. Many other puzzles remain, <laughs> remain to be solved. Yeah, don't worry, because before one, you achieve your goals, once you get to California, you'll have to dig for gold a hundred and three times for some reason. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm talking you into playing this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you mentioning that part. That does suck. Yeah, that, that, about endings that you would change. Yeah, that bloody kills replayability. But uh, all right, well. I kind of undid everything I did for Gold Rush just then, so we can move on. <laughs> well, hey, we're we're explaining why these things aren't more popular than they deserve to be. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it turns out we just work it out for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We we start off with, this should have been more... Nah, actually, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I get it. Don't go back, yeah. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll... I guess the only way to recover now is to move on. So um, yeah. my, uh, I, I guess the only thing else I will uh, add to this conversation is um, um, a game I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. And I have a good friend of mine out there who listens to the show who keeps wanting me to talk about this game. So here's a good opportunity to talk about this game. It is Dark Sun Shattered Lands, which is actually one of my favorite games, um, especially for an RPG, but just, you know, ga- games in general. I guess that's what happens when you, I tend to favor adventure and RPG games. Um, yeah, this is like in my top 10. Uh, top 20 at the very least, but I think it's probably in my top 10. Um, it, it's a Dungeons & Dragons game. I, I think it's actually the game that, for me personally, I never really got too huge into the actual tabletop Dungeons & Dragons, like the pen and paper version. Um but this is the game that really felt most to me like emulating a uh, tabletop pen and paper, like playing a pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons campaign on a computer. Like it just, it had all the feel because it's like, it was turn-based combat. It hadn't really gone into real time yet. Um, very statistic based, very, uh, you know, you, your character moves on. It's a little bit discreet, but it's basically tiled movement. Um, it just, hidden pretty well with the proper with some animations and stuff like that but you know you basically have um uh movement points action points uh you can it it plays very much like tabletop dnd uh it's great for its time in terms of role play like it's not quite as uh complex or elaborate as rpgs can be nowadays where you can have like uh you can play like an entirely different game from playthrough to playthrough. This one, it's a little bit more narrow because that's just, you know, games weren't as advanced in 1993 as they are in um, 2019. But, you know, there's like, there are, um, um, 
multiple dialogue options. So you can p- pretty much play the character the way you want as a personality. Um, there's not really the most diverse, um, you know, in the sense of solu- different solutions to problems. But, you know, basically you, you can go up to a door and decide you can either smash it open or pick the lock or something like that, right? It's it's hard to really describe um, in words. It's, it was just such a really cool game at the time. That was just so much more... Um, it kind of got overshadowed because there were already some games like Ultima 7 came out the year before. Um, and, you know, the year that it came out, uh, I particularly noticed in hindsight as I was looking this up. I'm not saying that I consciously really noticed at the time, but this was around the time between 1992 to 1993 and especially full swing in 1993 popular gaming really took a shift from fantasy to sci-fi so when i looked up the games that were popular that came out that year i came across a list that included x-wing day of the tentacle syndicate master of orion uh doom and uh, you know the year before this came was ultima 7 which is already kind of like a huge leap forward ahead of where you know um, RPGs really were at that time, and in a lot of ways even more advanced than Dark Sun, whereas Dark Sun had a lot more of a in-depth and robust role-playing aspect to it. For what it um, did not compare to Ultima Seven in terms of like the um, technological advancements, so that's kind of it. Kind of got lost in the shuffle because you know this is particularly a time I think when um, uh, technology was escalating at a very fast pace. There was a joke around this time about how, you know, as soon as you buy a computer, it's already obsolete. If you weren't spectacular, shiny, new when you came out, you tend to have gotten lost in the shuffle of the releases that came that year. So when it's already kind of outclassed technologically by games that came the year before, it, it, it's hard to really pick up, especially if you're not given the chance to prove that, hey, look, we actually have like a far more complex uh, underlying mechanic, which is basically the, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons second edition rules was basically the engine that was um, uh, powering the game. For whatever reason that it didn't really gain traction, it's uh, uh, like I said, the, the 12 people who played this game really love it. And there's a reason for that because it's awesome, but it just it just got completely overlooked when it came out. The the way you slipped in twelve people was so slick. It, 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 if if one if one wasn't sure, you would think you might have been serious with how much conviction you just just <laughs> cold steady face twelve bloody people. I, if you had as much success as I did in trying to find the sales numbers, you as I did, uh, you cannot disprove me. <laughs> I, I and shocking to say I have not I've, this one I haven't played um, and I always I, well first of all if it came out you said it came out with, with Day of the Technical and Doom just, just to name two within the same year so I'm not sure exactly where it fell in between them but that was the year that it came out it that, came out with X-Wing Day of the Tentacle Doom Syndicate like these are groundbreaking games yeah that's a lot right? of, of huge heavyweights and, and almost one per, per category and so mm-hmm and you know, Master of Orion is like another one of those yeah. old time classics of like depth game in like depth of gameplay, and uh, and again, like I said, there was uh, there was a huge shift <laughs> around this time going from fantasy, which you know a lot of games leading up to this period 
were very fantasy-based, and there's this huge switch over to sci-fi, especially in this year. So that's also another kind of, um, you know, when the entire when the entire um, industry just changed genres, like just like that. Yeah, um, it's funny because uh, on that the list that you that you just regave, I, I've owned or played every other game, but this one on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it seems like once again, we, we, well, I think before even going into that one, it sounds like you had it worked out why, you know, why, why it wasn't more popular. Um, I guess I got, I got one more, if, unless you got anything else you want to add on, on to that. Damn it. It's so eerie. Sorry, what was that? The house feels so empty and cold and alone when you spin <laughs> that ring. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. I was supposed to take that off. Uh, sorry, you're, you're saying something? I was distracted. I'm just closing my curtains so everyone can see in and I can't see out. <laughs> things are making, it's making things creepy. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my, my last game. I don't have nearly as compelling of an argument for this as you just prepared for that previous one there. So, um, no, I've gone, with, uh, I've gone with the bloody 1991 release, <laughs> as I audibly try and find the year, um, of <laughs> Willie Beamish. Or mm. The Adventures of Willie Beamish by Bloody Dynamics. Dynamics? Dynamics. Yeah, Dynamics. <laughs> Dynamics. I say it now, I read a, it. Is it a workout supplement? <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it wrong for so long. Oh, I need my Dynamics pre-workout, bro. <laughs> God, as soon as you said it like that, I just realized I've been saying it wrong for 35, because <laughs> it immediately made sense hearing, hearing your version. <laughs> oh god that was horrible um man i feel like i have no grounds to stand on to make any sort of point after admitting <laughs> i can't pronounce a very said that I, i'm too scared to say again i think i might duff it up and leave it all right all right and that is why willie beamish was not as popular as it should have been <laughs> couldn't get the past end. the bloody publisher um <laughs> So, or did you did you play Willie Beamish? First of all? I did not. I was aware of it throughout its entire existence, and it was just one of those games that I never got around to playing myself. So you have a point. Um, no, I th you know I thought about it with this game because it's you know you play you play a, a child. I think Willie's like nine. He acts older than that in the game, I think. But but you give whatever, give or take. He's he's like nine years old, and it's I I I looked at it as like this game is fun enough for an adult because I I did replay it within the last few years and, and I, I enjoyed it um I, I was like it's, it's fun enough for an adult and it, it's, it's not I don't think it's too much for a kid this should this should be like everyone's game but then I kind of realized on the flip side I think it's that's the same thing that kills it. it it's I don't think kids look at it as like it was a kid's game and I think adults just saw like a you know a young boy and was like I, you know, no no thanks like that's fine I'll pass on that um, you know, what I mean, it doesn't have a target audience, I don't think. And, and the contents of the game, as much as I do love the game, I, I can acknowledge that you're, you're playing a boy, but it's like the developers kind of knew that it would, the audience would mostly be adults playing it. So they put in like some oddly inappropriate sexual jokes and stuff. I mean, just as Frog being named Horny in general, they kind of play off that a few times in the game. And there's like an affair. One time, like this female CEO is riding her little smithers like a horse. Yeah, there's some weird things in the game, so it's I mean it's 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 cartoony, but but it's it is mildly sexual. Like like this, the really powerful villain in the game is is a like CEO, this girl, a female CEO, and she has like a Smithers, like a you know little 
uh, Aaron boy, like who's upset, who's obsessed with her. And there's like this one scene where she's totally, he's on all fours and she's riding him and spanking him. All right. A little weird, right? So it's like, yeah. who's this? Well, I, mean, I, I just looked up, I just looked up Willie Beamish and I just came across uh, the box art and it does look really highly marketed to the nineties kids. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, it's it's it, it, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at with these sexual things. Uh, why I'm thinking it didn't do as well. It just it seems pushed more towards kids than adults. But the game is is almost definitely for an adult. Like it's it's never so bad a kid couldn't play it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, besides the sexual innuendos, the puzzles are fucking ridiculously difficult. There's some there's a, at least one time puzzle at the end. That's so much of the game is is walkthrough territory for me personally. Um, mm. at, at least now you know when I replayed it. Um, yeah, it's just bloody hard, and it's it's a weird subject. I think the part of me that, that does like the game a lot is like, the uh, and they kind of pitch the game this way too. Like, what if you could go back and and be a kid in school again now with everything that you know, and you know, right. some kind of fun about that. Like, you know, if I would go to you know high school, I could you know rise above all that and figure out how to master the system. Um, so there's like kind of this appeal to be like, all right, that'd be kind of fun, um, but ultimately, you know. It is. I was gonna say it's not, but it it is fun. I do I do really like the game, but it, yeah, I think it's just one of those marketed for for nobody kind of games. Like, right? Do I play it as a kid or as an adult? And I also think it just seems like like uh, games for children on the PC didn't really never really took off like these kind of games. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. were they were out there the the Sierra Discovery series, obviously you know with Echo Quest and Pepper and Time and. Well- I mean, I'll tell you something about my personal experience. I, I don't know in terms of like the wider general experience of the of the generation, but uh, in my own personal experience, uh, in the nineties when I was a kid, and you look at this thing, you look at this thing, and it looks like it's put through a corporate ringer of like oh, what what are uh, you know, what is cool for a nineties kid? Oh, give him a rat tail, ride a skateboard, baggy shirt, and a pet frog, I guess. That's a th- I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's like okay, look, kids. This is this is like a kid. He's he's one of you guys. This is a, this is great. And I'm sort of, and I just think back to when I was a kid in the '90s. In anything, whether it's a movie or a TV show, I I never looked up to wanting to be the other kid. I want to be the adult, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I, I didn't want to be another kid. Right, yeah, like, why would you... Otherwise, I would have just been that kid. I, <laughs> I didn't want to be that kid, you know? Yeah, why would you aspire to be somebody with the same childlike restrictions that you have? It's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to play a kid who's cooler than you? Why wouldn't I just be a kid who's cooler than I am? I'm not. Right, I, I, just just <laughs> for some escapism, I want to be a fictional character that still has to be home for dinner at six and all that bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, and that that is a premise in in, in the Willie Beamish game that there's like a, a troublometer or something cleverly named like that, where, where you know you you can make the wrong choice a few times, but eventually the meter looks like a thermometer just goes up and up, and then uh, you get sent to boot camp or some '80s trope like that. Because mm-hmm. every kid in the '80s thought, or in the '90s, I should say, thought they were going to go to boot camp if they were bad. How many boot camps <laughs> were there? Why was that such a huge threat? That's, so, so Willie Beamish, I, I, you know, like you're pushing your sister on a swing and like for kicks, you can push her too hard and she falls off and gets hurt. So that'd be a way you get in trouble. And, and, you know, you can, everybody gets one. Like if you do it too many times, you go to boot camp. But that was a kind of a fun part of the game was like pushing the boundaries of what a kid could do. But to your point, you're still a kid. So if you fuck up enough, you go to bloody boot camp or you don't get to play in your 
Nintari. I want to play the game where he goes to boot camp. I know. It shouldn't end there. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, Pri- um, privileged suburban little kid gets gets a dose of reality. Yeah. I mean, like, is the guy, like, a rebel or something? Like, the, the few times, like, it's never been me, but a few times I noticed, like, kids around me really wanted to be another kid in pop culture it was usually when, when it was some sort of, like, a counterculture uh, thing, like a Bart Simpson or a Beavis and Butthead, right? It's right. Like the, uh, was at least, like, somebody, like... Uh, you know, somebody like uh, at least kind of edgy or something that sort of channels into the rebellious um, nerve of the childish mind. Yeah, I guess something. you could definitely say Willie was like a, a very watered down Bart Simpson. Okay. You know, even especially with the the skateboard and yeah, there's they definitely they definitely uh, watched a few Simpsons uh, episodes. I I think there's some influence that was what I'm trying to say uh, from Willie to Bart, but. But it's weird because, you know, if you do what Bart would do, what you kind of want to do in the game, you just lose the game. So it's... <laughs> so it's trying to teach you to be, like, to obey the rules. Yeah. I'm starting to hate the game now that I'm talking about it because it's... It, <laughs> oh, it, no, I want to play it now. The game just beats you into submission like life. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> what, happens at boot, what happens at boot camp? Like, seriously, it, it's like... I used to watch those daytime talk shows where they'd get like the worst children in the world. Then they'd send them to boot camp and they'd come back like scared straight. It's like, oh my God, I I've, I now know that everything I've done is wrong. It's like, really? You didn't know that before? Like something they did in boot camp? Like, what are they doing to you in boot camp that makes you suddenly realize the error of your ways? Yeah, that's that's a good point. They spend a bloody week with Michael Jackson or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. And I like him too. I, I, I don't know. Knowing knowing me at that age, and I wasn't even a very rebellious kid. I I, I hit re- my rebellious stage pretty late in life, right? I was like my late teens and twenties when I hit my rebellious phase. <laughs> I was I was pretty like these. Other than being a slacker and just doing poorly in class, I wasn't really a re- rebel uh, when I was a teen. So it's like. If anything, if I went through boot camp, like if I was told to go through boot camp and I went through it, I that'd probably like empower me to be more of a dick. Like I'd just be like, I went through boot camp, bitch. Like yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't fix me? It'd break me more. That's so true. I'd <laughs> come out with this hardened ego, like you you know did hard yeah. time and yeah. If you, yeah. So I they just they just taught me how to do fifty push ups. I'm fucking invincible now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's it's uh it's, it's eerily close to why the, uh, the the prison system has struggles to be effective. I think <laughs> sounds like a lot of the same problems. <laughs> we just spent a We're few months getting stuff here. getting really ripped and angry, and then we got spit back into society. <laughs> <laughs> you just simulated uh, an adult prison, my friend. <laughs> So that is why Willie Peemish was not more popular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because of prison, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Um, but and apparently this game like really under underperformed like uh, greatly. Like I, I'm not sure if it lost money, but they expected big things. They hired like um, illustrators from Disney, I believe. Oh wow. Yeah, I think that's true. Probably. Um, so anyway, Possibly. that's that's all I got to say on it. All right. Well, um, I'm going to say uh, good luck on editing this down to 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
welcome. Yeah, thank you for listening to our first two-part special. <laughs> 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 All right, well, check, listen, buddy, join the conversation, right? That's what it says in our podcast description that I'm reading aloud. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to fuck up the handles, and I just accidentally read that part out loud. Oh, shit. Okay, follow us on bloody Facebook, facebook.com slash the... Cl- no, no. Facebook.com slash Classic Gamers Guild. Facebook.com slash group slash Classic Gamers Guild. Or on Instagram at CGG Podcast. On Twitter at The CG Guild. (laughs) (laughs) I really struggle with our Twitter. The CG Guild. There we go. And uh, Patreon.com slash Classic Gamers Guild. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, hit the bell, drink plenty of water, get lots of exercise, call your bloody mother. Do things for us. Uh, It's good to be back. Alright, don't do a murder. Goodbye, everyone.